I will be reading from Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30 and 36 through 43. Jesus told another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the weeds sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first, collect the weeds and tie them into bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into the, bar into the barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parables of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of my kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out his kingdom and everything that causes sin and all who does evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Yesterday we were here for the uh, <clears throat> spring spruce up and we had quite a lively debate going over uh, what was a weed and what wasn't a weed. Um, because some of us were pulling weeds and we were pulling something called milkweed, which has the name weed in it. Uh, but we were told not to pull the milkweed, which I didn't know what, I couldn't have identified milkweed, because what grows or likes milkweed. Butterflies. So we, we left the milkweed. We also decided that there's a very thin line between ornamental grass and grass that's just getting out of control in your flower bed. Um, so maybe there's some ornamental grass out there or maybe it's just regular bluegrass that we've just allowed to grow. It's up to uh, your interpretation, I suppose. Before we get to our sermon this morning, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning, for the opportunity to come and to open your word. I pray that you would uh, speak through me or despite me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we get to the sermon, how many of you have noticed I tend to pray the same kind of prayer before? Katie, Katie asked me the other day, she said, you know, now you're, you're, you're preaching every week. Do you know you say the same prayer every week? Sometimes there's things that we do by accident and we're not really sure why we do things. 
And other things, we have a very clear, understanding, purposeful reason for why we do what we do. Um, first of all, I pray that because it's not my own words. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O God. comes out of the Psalms. Um, so it's good to, to pray prayers that aren't just our own thoughts, um, but are time-tested, church-tested uh, thoughts. Um, and the other reason I pray that is because I've found that preaching is a very humbling thing because you're being used, I think, hopefully by God to impart something new, to open up the scriptures. And I've had times over the years where I've, I've preached and people come through and they said, that's great, I loved when you said that. And I gotta be honest, I don't remember saying that. And if I look back through my notes, I'd be fairly certain I didn't say that. Maybe God was speaking that to you. And so whether it's something I say, intend to say, I hope that God and his spirit are moving in our midst, opening up his word to us, challenging us, teaching us uh, through this morning. So, yes, I am aware that I pray the same prayer every morning. There's uh, a very intentional re reason behind that. To the weeds. We've put off weeds for a while because just like the kids, I don't like weeding. It's kind of a, a necessary evil. It's part of gardening that I don't really enjoy. But it's something that's very necessary. And there's a number of ways to deal with weeds in the garden. I talked several weeks ago about maybe keeping a tarp over the part of the garden that you're not using at the time uh, to keep weed seeds from landing. Or maybe you plant a cover crop to keep those weeds from coming in. There's, uh, you can buy flame weeders. That sounds like a really fun way to weed. And it's a great way to weed before anything that you want has come up. And you can go through kind of like with a giant blowtorch and torch those weeds. Like I said, it's great until the things you want start to come up. Um, and then there's, you can rototill in between rows. There's different things that you can do. But eventually, weeding becomes a messy process. Because at some point, you're going to have to be digging in the dirt to pull up weeds. It can be a hard process like we told the kids, weeds aren't always the thing that comes up easiest. Sometimes we have to be very careful because the plants we want might come up even easier and those weeds sometimes are well-rooted. They're taking advantage of the deep soil, perhaps. So digging in and getting dirty to get at the root of weeds. This is my favorite weeding tool. I promise it is a weeding tool. It is not a Klingon weapon. Uh, I pulled it out yesterday while we were working out here, and somebody said, that looks like an alien weapon. It's called a horihori, which is Japanese for uh, dig, dig. Uh, it's actually onomatopoeia. It makes the sound that it, uh, it's named the sound that it makes 
as you dig into the soil and you uproot those weeds. It's a great tool for cutting roots out and for really digging in. It's just, I, I haven't found a better tool for really digging in and getting weeds out. It's a lot of fun to use. It's kind of fun to say. You can also buy it at the hardware store under called a garden knife. It's the more American way to label things. It's not as much fun to say, though. So weeding can be a messy business, but it's one that's very much a part of gardening. In our parable this morning, if we're honest, can be a little messy. And yet it also is a part of the kingdom of heaven too. Our parable begins with someone who sowed good seed in a field. And an enemy comes and plants weeds, is very intentional about coming in and trying to ruin this field. These aren't just weed seeds that have come from different places. These are intentionally planted in this field. An enemy comes in and sows them. This was not an unknown situation in the ancient world. You might come in and plant weeds into uh, a competitor's field because if they had these weeds in their wheat, it could ruin their crop. It could uh, really cause damage. And so if you had somebody that you were at odds with or somebody that you were really in competition with, it wasn't unknown for this to happen. The plants would grow together. They would mature. And, and the uh, farmer that was very aware could come in and say, that is a weed and that is wheat. But by that point, these two plants would be intertwined. Their, their roots would be uh, entangled. They would be growing. The farmer could come and say, that is a weed. And I know that. I can identify that. And that is wheat. That is meaningful. But I can't separate them right now. Usually you like to take care of weeds before they mature. Before they're interfering with your crops. Weeding kind of post-harvest seems like a strange way to weed. But most scholars believe that the weed Jesus probably has in mind is something called lolium temulentum. It's a fun uh, Latin word. And some have called it false wheat. I want to show you uh, a picture here first. This is wheat. All right, and go to the next picture. This is our weed. Um, Common name might be Darnel. Um, in the, the King James, it was called uh, the tares. And so you could call this a terrible parable. That's <laughs> funny. But these two plants are very much related. The wheat and the weeds look very similar. If you were to take them side by side, there would be distinguishable differences, uh, primarily in size. But the problem with these two plants is that the weed is poisonous. And so in the ancient world, they actually had laws prohibiting any kind of darnel, this weed, 
being in with the harvest of the wheat. And so what you would have to do is you would have to separate them out at the harvest. That was really the only way you could get them untangled. Two very similar weeds. As the two, or plants, as the two would mature, the trained farmer could recognize the difference. As they matured, as their fruit became known, they could be distinguished. But rather than risk uprooting the wheat, the farmer decides to wait until the harvest and then separate the wheat and the weeds. We often quickly jump right to the interpretation, which we did this morning when we read the scripture. Um, this is one of the few parables that Jesus provides an interpretation of. And I can imagine that the disciples, after they've heard this parable, they've heard a number of parables, and they know Jesus is always saying more than what that initial story is about. But they can't quite figure out what this one means. And so they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, please explain this to us. What are you talking about here? And so Jesus explains, the sower is the son of man. Jesus is using some Old Testament language to describe himself. And he says, the field is the world. Throughout uh, church history, this field has been kind of interpreted in a number of different ways. Perhaps it's about the nature of Israel and that Israel has those following Jesus and those opposed to Jesus. That's true, and yet maybe not exactly what's happening here in the parable. It's been interpreted as the church and that within the church, we have those that are really committed to following Jesus, and we have those kind of on the sideline. And while that may be true, that's maybe not exactly the purpose of this parable. It seems best to let the word world mean world, and that the nature of the kingdom is, is a mixed group. Jesus says the good seeds are children of the kingdom. Jesus uses seeds in a number of different ways in the parables we've looked at. We talked uh, about the, the soil and how the seed is the message of the kingdom. The other week we talked about the mustard seed kingdom in which the seed is actually the kingdom. And now we're talking about the seed being those that follow Jesus. Jesus says the weeds are those put there by the evil one, those in opposition to the kingdom of God. He says the enemy is the devil, the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. So now that we've kind of got the beginning parable and we've got the interpretation, let's quickly put it back together. The kingdom has come like Jesus is saying this parable is about the presence of the kingdom already. The Jewish people expected the Messiah to come and to bring judgment right then and there. To separate the people of Israel from everyone else. They expected him to come and to defeat the Romans, defeat the Gentiles, defeat whoever the empire was right now. They wanted 
judgment. They wanted justice right now. But Jesus says, the kingdom has come like a field with weeds and wheat. And they have to grow together. And I'll separate them at the end. We have to be careful that we don't make that same mistake that the Jewish leaders made in expecting the judgment to come now. The world is planted both with those that follow Jesus and those in opposition to Jesus. Both become known because of their fruit. They can become distinguishable over time. And yet they become entangled. And God says we'll separate them later. God withholds his judgment until the end of the age. Those who follow Jesus and those opposed to Jesus have time to mature, to grow, to be seen for what they really are. The servants come and ask, what should be done with the weeds? The servants come and ask, what should be done with the weeds? But Jesus doesn't say, You go back and separate them out. You go back and start uprooting weeds now. He says, no, the reapers at the end will separate them out. And Jesus said, the reapers are angels. In other words, it's not your job to separate them. Jesus tells another parable a little bit later about a net, a dragnet that brings in all kinds of fish. And at the very end, after the catch has been brought in, somebody is separating the good fish from the bad fish. And Jesus says again, it's angels separating these out. It's not you and me throwing people out, separating people out. It's not our job to provide that judgment. So I want us to hear a couple of lessons, a couple of lessons for us to glean from this parable. The first one is that the reality of the kingdom has begun, that followers of Jesus live in a mixed world. I said the other week, it doesn't take long looking at the news, watching the world around us to figure out that those that follow Jesus are in mixed company. We live among people that are at odds with Jesus, that really don't want anything to do with Jesus. We live in a world that that still has to deal with sin, with corruption. It's the reality of the place that we live. And so we ask questions like, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? We live in a world where God has chosen to delay his judgment, to see who people really are. And perhaps, perhaps as things grow, those things that, those people that we think are weeds, those people that seem to be at odds with God, their lives become transformed. This is not directly in this parable. But I think it's spoken in the rest of the New Testament that God transforms lives. 
A few years ago, I was out in the garden and I was thinking about this parable and I'm, I'm pulling weeds and God, what, what is this parable about? What do you mean that we, we live in a place where these weeds? And I started to think about the people around me that right now seem to be a little weedy, that seem to be in opposition to the gospel, that seem to be at odds or disconnected from Jesus. And you know, some of them I want to say are good people. Some of them are, are, are my friends and I have a relationship with them. And I started praying for those people in my life that right now seem to be a weed. And I said, God, please use me or use whatever means necessary to start to transform their lives that as they grow and as they mature, maybe... They mature into wheat. We all know people in our lives that right now we're just not sure where they're at. How might God be using you and me to transform their lives? Second lesson is it's not yours or my job to judge and condemn people. It's not our job to decide the eternal destiny of people, to separate people, to cast people aside. It's our job to love people, to show them grace and mercy. And at the same time, I also want to just make a, a little nuance here, point out a nuance. It is not our job to be judging people to their eternal destiny. Matthew does say that the weeds became distinguishable. And Matthew elsewhere provides a, a way for us within the body of Christ to hold one another accountable. This is not uh, to say that just you live however you want to live and I'll live however I want to live and at the end we'll let God decide. Us within the body of Christ who have committed to following Jesus have some things expected of us. And as a body of Christ, we're supposed to be walking in love and relationship with one another. And so there are times that we need to, in love, hold one another accountable, to speak truth in love to one another. The third lesson is that the weeds get burned up. Last week, we talked about John, uh, John talked about God pruning the branches, cutting the dead out, and casting them into the fire. And here, Matthew writes about the weeds being gathered together, collected, and burned up. It's an image of purifying. It's God saying there's going to be no evil corruption. There's going to be nothing bad in the kingdom eventually. Look, I believe in a God who at God's core is defined by love. And you want to know what God looks like? You look at Jesus on the cross who says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. This is how we know what love is, that he gave his life as a ransom. 
and the love of God so great. And yet the love of God is a choice and love will not be forced on anyone. And the tragedy of it all is that despite God's love, despite the lengths that Jesus has gone to to show us the love of God, despite the fact that he died on that cross for everyone, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Despite that love of God, despite his longing to be reunited and reconnected with all of us, there is a tragedy that some decide they want to continue to do things on their own. That some decide to continue in the pattern of Adam and Eve, that they want to know better. They want to do it on their own. They want to be disconnected from God's way. It's a tragedy. And I believe it breaks God's heart that some would reject him. And yet, because he is love, he ultimately honors that decision to be disconnected from him. Ultimately, sin and evil are cleansed from the kingdom. Some parts of Christianity just want to jump all over that, that weeping and gnashing of teeth and, and burning part. Sometimes we as Christians have seen, been seen doing a little pre-sorting. Well, we'll ultimately leave it up to God, but we'll just make things easier because we'll just start deciding that this group needs to be out and this group is in. And God, Jesus is saying in this parable, I'll figure it out at the end. I know what wheat looks like, and I know what weeds look like. It's not your job to be sorting it out now. It's not our job to be pre-sorting things. We think we have all the right answers, and then everyone should agree with us. And we forget that Jesus told us, that we currently live in a mixed kingdom. We get tired of waiting for things. We get tired of waiting for God's justice. We get tired of waiting. And we make the same mistake that those Jewish leaders made. And we start sorting people out now. It's no wonder that sometimes Christians have been perceived as judgmental. It's not our job. Look, this is a messy parable. We live as a part of the kingdom now, but it's not finished, it's not perfect, and right now we live in mixed company. It is a parable about growing and, and remaining strong, remaining rooted in the midst of being tangled up. And like I said earlier, I believe that God can transform lives. That those people that we think are, are weedy now can be transformed. It's the story of Paul, who seems to be a weed and yet his life is transformed. 
Maybe that's your story. That once you seemed awfully weedy. And yet Jesus has been working in your life. Working to redeem and to restore. And my prayer is that as you grow and as you mature, you will be seen for the fruit you produce. That Jesus would know that you are wheat and not weeds. And so my question for us this morning is, how can we love those around us? How can we speak and live good news to those around us? How might we make an impact on those that seem like weeds around us? So there's different kinds of soils that the message of the kingdom is planted into. And we want to be a place that creates deep rich soil. And the kingdom of heaven begins small with Jesus coming in a manger, living as the fulfillment of scripture, dying for our sins, being raised to new life, ascending to the Father. But that kingdom that started so small, it grows and it grows and it grows. And the kingdom of heaven is like a vine. And if we abide and remain connected to Jesus, we bear fruit as followers of Jesus. God cuts out the dead and he prunes the rest. And ultimately, God will separate everything out. Let us continue to love, to act justly, to walk in mercy. Let us continue to mature as the wheat, to stay strong in the middle of the weeds around us. Amen. Would you stand and turn?